Cape Talk. Pippers on Twitter. You can tweet her at PJC Hudson. Now, it's been a while since we featured a poetry collection in Book Club, but it's my great pleasure to correct that today as we welcome um, poetess Michelle Betty, the author of a new volume of poems called Dark Horse. Uh, Michelle is actually a former investment bank and lawyer, and her decision to walk away from the corporate world freed up time for her to find her love of poetry again and to start studying towards an MA. And if you then fast forward that story to 2016, she ended up founding Dryad Press, which is an independent pub seeking to promote South African poetry and amplify new poetic voices. Michelle Betty, it's wonderful to have you with us on Cape Talk. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Pippa. Thanks for having me and um, afternoon to all the listeners. Michelle, Dark Horse is your second uh, published poetry collection and it's one which goes deeply into your personal history and into family tragedy, particularly the loss of your father and the near loss of your brother to COVID. Now, my understanding is that you didn't actually set out to write a series of poems about those losses. Can you tell us a little bit about how it unfolded? Because I believe you were actually engaging with the letters of the artist Van Gogh when it all moved in this direction. Yes, I actually started reading the letters of Van Gogh when I was gifted um, a set of his letters by by someone. And um, they are a phenomenal uh, tool for any artist or literary person to read. Um, Insight into the the mind of a genius, really. But um, I became obsessed with him. I wrote uh, several poems, probably about 40, that related to his letters. And I started to... um, deeply think about sort of his process of how he committed suicide, what he did. I traveled to Auvergne in France and I actually walked from his room through um, the streets up to the fields where he walked and um, visited his um, the places where he, where he last spent his life. Yeah. And it was sort of dealing with those places on an intricate level, in a physical level, that made me think about my own loss that I had experienced. And that's when I began to write those poems. And your anthology starts with a poem that places you very firmly in the arms of a warm and loving family, Michelle, and a family held together by faith and by bonds of shared meals and the metze that bound you together. And it's all this very wholesome and warm feeling. And then you are jolted out of that with the final stanza of uh, of the poem saying, I remember learning that the first time my mother had to loan money from her father to pay my father's gambling debts was three months after they married. For me, it was such, it almost felt like being physically jerked into a new universe. And uh, that leads then into a series of poems that detail your father's struggle with that addiction and where it led him in the end and the aftermath of the loss, the loss that you all suffered. Um, Michelle, I don't know how much you want to tell us about it. Obviously, your poems chronicle this journey very, very beautifully and movingly and with very interesting play around the structure and form of them. But do you want to just tell us a little bit about what happened? Um, yes, thank you, Papa. Um, I think that um, uh, the the issue of addiction is something that many people experience. Um, mental illness and addiction are things that um, are often involved in families where suicide happens. And very often when one experiences that, it does come as a bolt um, out of the blue. It's most um, unexpected and um, families don't expect that this um, is going to actually happen to them. And I think that that is something that... um, is is experienced universally by many people who go through this. Yeah. 
Now, Michelle, that, that is a feeling of, of shock and of pain, but one that also leaves lingering feelings that you grapple with in the days and months and years afterwards. And one poem in your collection, which really hit hard for me, was called All the Psychologists Say, uh, which deals with the aftermath on the, and the, the impact on the family. Would you mind reading either the whole poem or some of it as much as you'd like to and just share a little bit with us? Okay, thanks, Papa. I'll read that poem for you, and then maybe we'll talk a little bit shortly um, after that. Sure. All the psychologists say, All the psychologists say suicide is not your fault. You know it's not your fault, as if it's akin to, say, not turning off the lights when Eskim demands reduced consumption, or maybe flushing in a water shortage when you know you shouldn't because you just can't stand the smell. But there are certain things you cannot come back from, like there's just no coming back from the sweet smell of gas, gun casings, or in my case, the end of a noose. So the psychologists can say what they want about fault and guilt and guilt and fault. We who stood over the body and deciphered the wound, who scrummaged through frayed notes in broken dockets at police stations, who stood beneath the bowers in deserted garages, We all know we will drive each day with a phantom urn resting restlessly on the passenger's seat close beside us. It's so powerful, Michelle, and I'm sure anybody who has gone through this and will recognize that aftermath of of the inevitable sense of what, you know, even if it is guilt, that's what could I have done to stop this or what could we have done to help them more or to change the the events of what happened. Um, You're haunted by those thoughts. Having said that, though, I think it's quite important to emphasize that this anthology is not a depressing collection of poems, and that might sound strange given what I've just said about what you cover. But Michelle, I mean, let's talk a little bit about how you hope your readers are going to engage with poems like the one you've just shared with us and how they'll be impacted by your writing. Well, absolutely. I think that the most important thing to remember when you pick up a copy of Dark Horse to read is that it is not a depressing um, uh, collection. It is um, an insightful collection. And the aim of the collection is actually to engage deeply with aspects of spirituality um, and different ways of engaging with different poets and artists means of which finding means to find contentment uh, following a tragedy that occurs in one's life, whether it's suicide or whatever it might be, that tragedy. So it's navigating grief and how to come out following a trauma event or um, an event of grief that you have experienced. Mm -hmm. In my particular case, it happened to be suicide, but in other people's cases, it will be something else. And there are many hopeful and um, hopefully inspirational poems that follow particularly in the third or final section of of the collection that deal with that coming out and dealing with the tragedy post. Yeah. Michelle, having said that, I mean, it was years before you you were able to write about your father's suicide. These these poems are written decades after his loss. Uh, Do you think you just needed that time to be able to, to process it, to try and make sense of it? I mean, do you think you could have written these poems had you chosen to in the immediate aftermath of his loss? I certainly don't think that one can write about these uh, sort of events immediately in the aftermath. So in the aftermath of um, a trauma event, you can certainly write about things, but it is only many, many years later after you've internalized and processed Mm. and um, dealt with the grief and uh, the experience that you've been through that you can actually write in a detached manner. 
So the most important thing about poetry is it's not an outpouring of emotion. It's actually a refined and carefully wrought piece of literature, which is um, must um, show a level of detachment in the you know between the form and the content, mm. and um, and that's what's important. Um, and and I don't think writing immediately after a trauma event produces publishable poems, but it certainly produces poems that um, are, you know, are are interesting. Yeah. I mean, you talk a lot about the importance of form and the crafting of the poems. And as I mentioned earlier, you play with that quite a lot, Michelle. There's a a dramatic difference in the types and forms of poem that, that you've written through this book. Did you do that very deliberately? Was it a sense of exploration of how different form could be used to say what you wanted to say? So that's comfort in because for me the form helped to anchor the poems. So the um, content is so emotive that uh, I utilize the form to try and um, assist me with uh, creating a level of detachment in the poetry so that they're not over emotional, that they don't um, draw you in overly. And the form helped with that because it acts as an anchor. Now, another poem I want to ask you to share with us before we run out of time is the one that deals with the second near tragedy in your life. Michelle, um, you nearly lost your brother to COVID uh, during the height of the pandemic. He spent more than 40 days in ICU and at some point someone said to you it would be a miracle for him to survive. But that miracle happened and he did make it through. Would you like to share with us a bit from Anoint the Body, please? Yes, so Anoint the Body, um, I'll read it first and then we'll talk a little bit about that. Anoint the body. Anoint the body with oil and water, we were told. Make the sign of the cross. Light a candle. But the priest said he no longer anoints the sick in hospital. COVID and all that. Just too risky. We rolled our eyes. Even the priest. So every other day in the ICU, I anoint your body with holy oil and water. I, sinner, poor in temperament, anoint your forehead with oils. Turn your palms to face me. Make the sign of the cross along the vein of your lifeline. Pray for mercy. I even anoint the machines, the ventilator, the catheter, the pipes, tape, and tubes. I sprinkle them all with holy water. Murmur blessings, recite prayers. Always, always I anoint your sheets, your metal bed, the foam mattress, the place where you lie. I sprinkle water, pretend I am a sage, rub oil into your temples, and before I leave, wet your hair with water, curated by others, holier than I could ever be. Finally, I seal the oil and water, blow out the candle. Only a miracle can save you now. That is a poem called Anoint the Body, and you got that miracle, Michelle, against all odds. Yeah, I mean, that was um, a miraculous event in my life, and... um, uh, my brother did survive 40 days on a ventilator and is, you know, 100% fine working and back with his family, which is amazing. Um, a miraculous experience. What um, I want to link this to another poet whose work you referenced throughout the book because um, you reference a poet called John Berryman, whose work I was not familiar with before I came to this anthology. But having read a little bit more about him since reading your your collection, I recognise his story is so pertinent to the conversations you are having about loss and about faith. Michelle, won't you tell us a little bit more about John Berryman's story and, and how, why it was so important to you in, in compiling this anthology? So Berryman is a poet that I um, have been fascinated with by, uh, for many years. He's an American poet that um, wrote in the 1950s and became famous sort of as one of the founders of confessional uh, type of poetry. 
but his father committed suicide and he always said that it wiped out his childhood. And um, he battled with addiction and and, um, mental depression for for most of his life and eventually he also committed suicide. But two years before his passing, he had what he calls a religious conversion experience. And um, he, following that, Berriman believed that uh, in a God who definitively and personally intervenes in individual lives to change the course of your life, he believes in the idea of God as a God of rescue. And that really resonated with me. So the poem that I've used throughout the collection is called 11 Addresses to the Lord. It's the most amazing poem for anyone who's looking for an inspirational piece of, of poetry. You should look it up. Um, but that poem I use to preface um, extracts from that poem for, you know, for each section of my collection. Just for those who've joined us late to the conversation, our uh, author, writer joining us for Book Club today is a poet, Michelle Betty, whose new collection called Dark Horse has just been published by the Dryad Press. And I just want to share with listeners uh, the chart on the back cover from another acclaimed poet, Professor Joan Hambidge, who wrote about Michelle's book that substantial spiritual awareness is packed into these well-crafted poems. The reader is made aware of a symmetry between grief and acceptance as the poet uncodes foreign landscapes and the inner landscape of the self. Michelle, it's such a deeply, deeply personal set of writing. Um, was there an element of, of fear and uncertainty putting it out there into the world? You must have felt, I would guess, quite exposed at some level to, to, to put these poems out there and, and, and have them there for others to read. I think that um, poetry does that, and that is uh, part of the process in, in writing, is that one does expose oneself. Mm. And um, the blood jet is poetry. That's what Sylvia Platt said. Um, I think that um, uh, part of, of, of writing is exposure in, in all kinds, not only poetry, but in intensely personal um, memoirs that one reads, or um, it's mm. just part and parcel of, of writing a book. So I think that um, it can't be avoided if you want to write really powerful work. Yeah. So to circle back where I started, Michelle, I mentioned that you are the founder of the Dryad Press and you yourself are someone who looks for and looks to amplify the voices of new South African poets. What are you looking for when you you look for a new poet to join your stable? Well, Pippa, um, generally I have an open submission period at Dryad Press and last year, for instance, I received over 80 submissions. Mm -hmm. I like to read the collections all together. Um, I always look for um, form because, as I've discussed before, uh, technical proficiency is important to me. But then one also looks always for that um, collection that makes your hairs stand on end. Mm. So, for instance, the first time I read Simon van Skulpveig's Transcontinental Delay, I experienced that. And um, many of the collections that I've published um, have been collections that I put down and thought, I have to read that again. Yeah. Um, and so that's something that's that's really important. And all of those collections are, of course, available on the Dryad Press website, which is dryadpress.co.za. Uh, Michelle, um, uh, if listeners go there, the, I believe you're offering a, a special offer for, for Cape Talk listeners if they'd like to go and check it out today. 
Yes, we, we're delighted to be able to be featured on Drive Press today. So if you purchase any two collections um, on, on the website, there'll be a 25% discount. And um, all uh, there's over a dozen collections available on there. And uh, you can uh, read up on the collections and on the authors, their interviews and uh, reviews of the books. Um, and you'll be able to engage on all things poetry on the website. Michelle Betty, it's been lovely engaging with your poetry today. Thank you so much for joining us for Book Club and all the best to you and to Dried Press. Thank you so much, Pippa. Thank you. Michelle Betty's new collection is called Dark Horse. It is published by Dryad Press, D-R-Y-A-D, dryadpress.co.za is the uh, website to visit. It's retailing in stores at about 200 rand a copy. I know Clark's Bookstore has got them. You'll find it in all the big ones as well. And just a note of thanks to the National Arts Council, who don't often come in for praise, but they did play a significant role in providing funding that helped keep um, uh, keep the Dryad Press going through COVID. So deserve recognition for that. Uh, the collection we have been talking about about and that you've heard excerpts from today is called Dark Horse by Michelle Betty.